Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. LA Kings have wrapped up their media availability. Todd McClellan in town with the Kings. I had a brief chance to catch up to see him this morning. It was great seeing him. He's done a, a great job. No surprise with LA. They're 30, uh, 36, 23, and 9. Down eight players for tonight's game. It'll be Jonathan Quick, uh, Jack Michaels passing along to me. Miko Koskinen for the Edmonton Oilers. All right. We are going to tell you that guests in the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 99.90 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Roos Chris in North America was opened up here in Edmonton on 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you open Sunday, or, well, Wednesday through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, Brian Lawton for the NHL Network. Um, for Wilhawk Beef Jerky, it just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk today. Uh, he is the headliner for today's show. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Have you ever heard of the movie Super Bad and a character by the name of McLovin? I remember the movie because I used to tease Mike Badano. He looked like the lead guy in the movie. Okay. So here's the six degrees. So I'm having a conversation this morning with someone about the popularity of Ryan uh, McLeod. And he says, stop, this guy is becoming a real fan favorite in Edmonton. And for some reason, I thought he was McLovin, uh, and it turned out that it's Fogel, Warren Fogel, that Oilers fans have named, uh, because apparently that was the name of the character, and he becomes McLovin. Now, here's the deal, and and here's why I cross-reference them, Brian, and people say, Stoffer, you talk about agents too much. Joe Resnick has both players. He has Warren That's how I screwed it up. I was like, wait a sec here. And then, like, right away I was getting, like, you know, friends of mine are texting myself. No, 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 no. It's Fogel. It's McLovin, you dummy. Uh, so, oh, small. And, and then and then uh, Cody Jansen's pinch hitting this week for Brendan Escott. And he says that Superbad's one of the five greatest comedies of all time. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> what about Animal House? What about Blues Brothers? Right. What about Stripes? Uh, what about Ghostbusters? You know, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and I, I, to be honest, I haven't seen Superbad. So now I'm going to watch it with Tori and Hudson here one of these days. Uh, would you have Superbad in your top five comedies of all time? No, not even close. And I've only seen parts of it, to be fair, but... There's so many damn things on on television now, on streaming, on everything else. There's so many movies. I'd love to go back and rewatch. I'm going to put that one at the top of the list. We won't talk about it next week because I'm heading to Istanbul in Turkey <laughs> yes, on yes, Friday. Yes. Did you get that package yeah. yet from uh, the state of Missouri? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You, t- you told me about so, it. Are you gonna Are you gonna go take a little bit? I can't even pronounce the. Is it Bistecas? Oh boy, uh, Paul, my buddy Paul, who's Portuguese, is gonna give me crap yeah. for mispronounce. There's like three powerhouse uh, Turkish. Uh, uh, so, it, it, I mean, that's a that's a wonderful country. I'm told to go to. Be safe with the travel there. Um, yeah, but do you have a like when you were playing for you know in 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 the mid to the late 1980s? What what were the most popular comedies out there? Did you guys have? Uh, did you guys watch them on? I'm just trying to think. Would you? I get you would have VHS machines back there. I know when I travel at the Bears. Yeah, you know, for for me it was movies like. Well, first of all, let me answer your question. I'll tell you my most popular ones or some of them. Yes, I got that package from another state and i thank i thank you bob for setting that up and i also thank wayne gretzky just to tell the listeners my father has cancer we're traveling to istanbul turkey on friday of this week to get a treatment that's not available in the united states or canada so it's real stuff one of the things that i asked you about was helping getting wayne to sign something for me so all the listeners should should tweet at you, Bob, to get help. Because <laughs> I am, inc- I am incredibly thankful for you for setting you, you that up. You didn't need to. I called Wayne. Yes, I called Wayne today. The package arrived this morning. I am so thankful to Wayne Gretzky. He didn't have to do that. We all know each other, but Wayne and I were not necessarily in the same circles. He's a little bigger, as the listeners can imagine, but he is a fantastic human. And I truly am indebted to him. A doctor asked me for something from Wayne. You set it up. Thank you, Bob. It means the world to me. And Wayne Gretzky, which a lot of people know already, is so incredible about this stuff. Uh, I left him a message that he did not pick up, but I said thank you for this. And thank you for being so kind to Tom Curvers, who is a dear friend of mine that passed away from cancer, yeah. uh, obviously pretty recently. And, and I can remember Tom vividly saying, you're not going to believe it, Gretz called me. Uh, I said, that's amazing. He said, I can't believe he took the time. It meant so much to him, and I wanted Wayne to know that. But uh, awesome stuff. Thank you. Can I just, Thank I'll, I'll just you. jump in. This is not a regular occurrence, but it, it was kind of funny how it worked out. Um but I know that when COVID uh, first hit, when the pandemic first hit, two of the guys that I know that got it right away were George LaRock, who Wayne uh, coached, and uh, and Gord Wilson out of Ottawa. And so it, and it happened in the same weekend with both guys. And George called me from the hospital and said, Wayne Gretzky just called me. You haven't called me. And I just said, George think about what you just said for a second because we'd heard that George had had COVID and then I happened to act it was for Wayne had reached out on on, on a completely different matter um, and I said oh man I just see that Gord Wilson has COVID and this is when 
two years ago, uh, Brian, getting COVID, you know, that was, a, especially in Canada, it was kind of surprising for a lot of people to get it. And Wayne goes, what's his number? I'll call him. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what? He goes, well, I go, Gord's a great guy, Wayne. And he goes, oh, well, he goes, yeah, give me his number. I'll call him. So he calls him at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, you know, Gord picks up the phone and he's in shock that it's Wayne Gretzky. That's that's just who he, you know, I can tell you that uh, it's not a surprise that he would call somebody during a time in which they're dealing with COVID. I can I can certainly say he's just that, you know what, You can, it just shows you. He's the great one, as great a player as he was on the ice. Um, anybody that's had dealers, I'm glad he came through for you. Best of luck as well, obviously, for your father. Uh, he, he, yes, he, he did, Bob. I was literally in tears leaving him a message today. It just To do things like that for people as you get older, you, re, you realize or recognize the gravity of it. Wayne Gretzky is a very, very busy human being. He's not too busy to still be kind, though, and that's what you're referencing. And I couldn't agree more. I literally was touched. Yeah. That's, when I picked up the phone to call him. It was uh, very, very kind. Thank you. Awesome stuff. All right. On a lighter moment, moment uh, do you have okay. a, a top comedy? Let's talk some Oh, no, no. A quick thought on best comedy of all time. All right. Best comedy. For me, it was movies like Stakeout. If you remember Richard Dreyfus movie, it was just silly humor. Uh, doesn't sound like that one made it to Canada by your reaction. But <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything with Richard Dreyfus. I saw him in a movie a, a couple of years ago, and he played it like, or maybe last year, he played an old mobster. And he actually was dealing with an illness, and he played an old mobster that had hidden money. And it was, it, you know, and he obviously put some, you know, he's, he's in it. It's got to be in the 70s now. So Stakeout was one for you. Was, who else was in Stakeout besides Richard Dreyfus? you know? No, he was the star of it by far. There was a bunch of guys that went on to more fame yeah. from that. But at that time, he was the big, well-known actor. And, you know, people forget Richard Dreyfuss was also in Jaws. That's how old I am. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, know? So, hey, by the way. Incredible was, stuff. Wasn't Jaws partially, it wasn't the West Coast. Was was I, I saw, I'll be honest. I heard about this through the, the Joe Rogan show that, that I occasionally will pop into to check stuff out. There was these these sharks that ended up swimming upstream in the Atlantic, these bull sharks, and they were yep. they were getting into up the rivers up the Mississippi. Yeah, they swim up the Mississippi. It's not as uncommon. They're able to withstand brackish water. I'm not a marine biologist, but I'm a massive animal lover. So, awesome. but yes, that is true. They're often attracted by, you know, some of the chemicals and pollutants that, unfortunately, we deposit. So, yes, that's absolutely true. Right. They've never made it up to Minnesota, though. Just so No, you know. no, but they got into New Jersey, I'm told, <laughs> from the Atlantic. They were going into the rivers in New Jersey off the Atlantic. Yes, it's more, it's more prevalent down south, but it is true. And as most people know, bull sharks are rather aggressive. Yeah. Uh, but so. she, uh, by the way, uh, Paul has passed along uh, Turkey. Uh, power, power, probably number two or number three team in the Turkish league is Besiktas is the name, of, and I think Canada's uh, Kyle Lahren plays on that team. He's one of those. He's uh, number nine for Canada that's advanced to the. All right, let's talk. To, wow, we just went. <laughs> we just went half your segment and haven't talked about hockey yet. The Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. The Kings are down four. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do, do, do I still get paid for talking about travel? Yeah, or yes. Just want to talk hockey. It, it would okay, help. Good. Just as long as you invoice <laughs> once a year. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. I do need to invoice. You are correct. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, well, last travel last travel tip is I'll be landing in Europe and going to Asia to get to the hotel. For all those travel freaks out there that know that the Bosphorus River separates Istanbul, also Asia and Europe. So yes, awesome okay. Stuff. No more travel tips. All right. Uh, so it is uh, the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings, and this is an interesting situation because LA is down eight bodies right now. I, I think it's fair to say, Brian, the Kings have exceeded expectations this year, have they not? To this point, uh, yes. And I heard you talking about Todd McClellan. He is he's done a masterful job with that team. Uh, fans are going to see it tonight. There's going to be some names you don't recognize, particularly on the blue line. Doesn't matter. Todd's got them working as a group. Um, they're committed. They believe in themselves. They're going to make the playoffs, I believe. I, I really do. Their schedule is really, really easy down the stretch here. They have an incredible number of teams that essentially are out of the playoffs or below 500. Think in terms of twice as many easy games. I think they have seven teams left to play, whereas the Oilers have like four. So it's it, it, things are looking good for the L.A. Kings. Um, you know, Vegas is out there hoping, wishing that L.A. or Edmonton somehow falter. I don't think Todd McClellan lets that happen. Uh, this is probably their toughest stretch, these four games they have right in front of them now. Uh, with Edmonton, of course, uh, at the beginning and end of that stretch. Would you? Uh, how would you react to the game that we saw Saturday night, the nine-five uh, Calgary game uh, with the Flames? If you're an Oilers, uh, if you were an Oilers management, I mean, it's too late now for the trade deadline. But would you? Yeah. You know, I mean, the Oilers have ch- changed the complexion of how they play. They're a much better five-on-five team. Their special teams are starting to get going now that Nugent Hopkins is back. Any concern or worry? In what happened, I mean, they played hard in Colorado, lost no T game, could have gone either way. Um, you know, weren't great in Dallas late, and loose as a goose against Calgary. Your thoughts uh, about level of concern? I wouldn't be. I think it's an anomaly. I think it's a one-off. That series is a, is a series of its own within the season. We saw how Calgary responded. I, uh, I was working yesterday, and they asked me what's going to happen in the Colorado-Calgary game. I said... It'll be a one nothing 2-1 game. And the host kind of laughed and said, that'll never happen. They just scored nine goals against Edmonton. Colorado's high-flying. I said, no, Daryl Sutter hates that type of hockey. He's going to reel his group in. Colorado's without Landeskog, McKinnon, and Girardi. They're going to reel it in. It'll be a closer, more playoff-type hockey game. That's what Jay Woodcroft needs to do as well. I think it's great they rolled over Arizona the next game. But Edmonton's got to get in the mindset of playing playoff hockey and doing it sooner rather than later. I always worry about a team like Edmonton because if you saw the Minnesota-Colorado game recently, Minnesota gave those guys a thumping, Bob. And that concerns me. I'm always in favor of, yes, the playoffs are harder. Yes, it's more intense. But let's please call the game the same way so that the teams with high-skilled players don't have to completely reinvent themselves when they get to the playoffs. I'm very curious to see how that plays this year. How do you? Uh, what do you think about Nathan McKinnon taking matters into his own hand and apparently not having hands of stone? Because uh, he might yeah. be out for who knows. I mean, if he's got a busted hand, he's out until the playoffs. Yeah, and you could really tell. You could tell right away when you saw him in the box after with the ice bag. Yeah. 
Um, you love the fact this is a very, uh, you know, macho, man, however you want to say it, man's game, big boy game, whatever. He stood up. It's incredibly highly thought of in the locker room with your teammates, especially when your star player does that. But it's not going to serve the team well if he's out for an extended period of time now. That's just the reality of it. Yes, I loved it. Uh, you don't always get hurt in a fight. You can get hurt any time in a game. It's an unfortunate result. Probably don't really want him doing that unless it's like a Ginla against Le Cavier in the finals, something like that, where you just have to do it. So loved it. Wish he hadn't done it. Best way I could say it. Yeah, Connor McDavid fought in junior. Um, hasn't fought since. Got hurt. Got hurt. Yeah. Edmonton Oil Kings uh, defenseman Caden Gooley is the best defenseman in the WHL. He got in his first uh, WHL fight and fought like Shea Weber, where he was completely open and thrown from downtown and got a little bit of lower body tweak as a result of it. And he's out now. He's obviously going to play in the playoffs, but still, there you go. There's some guys that just know how to do it. You know what I mean? And it's always the guys that don't do it as often that you worry about getting hurt. Kind of like what happened with Svechnikov against Ovechkin in the playoffs a couple of years ago as well. Um, right. yeah, exactly. You, you, you want to learn if you're going to be in that craft. I fought like Danny Dawu when I was younger. <laughs> and uh, he punched me in the face so fast I didn't know what happened. I just thought I was going to punch him as hard as I could. And he whacked me. And then you learn. you got to know how to defend yourself to some degree. And that's coming from Ken Danico, who I work with here at the network, who... You know, he watched that Sealer fight last night against Delorier, and that was a crazy fight, in my opinion. Now, I did not know this. So I got informed of this today. Uh, Nick Sealer has done uh, trains with a mixed martial arts guy. Um, yeah, he looked he looked really comfortable yeah. in that fight. He was he was giving up a solid twenty pounds. Uh, the fight was done. He thanked Delorier, and that was it. I think he surprised Delore. Delore gave him absolute heck, but uh, that's a guy that's confident that's fought before. You well, he tell. busted Delore up pretty good in that fight. Like, he, he ended up ultimately, Delore got the upper hand towards the end only because of size. I mean, when you, so when that happened with you and Dao, did anybody in Minnesota pull you aside and say, hey, kid, uh, we're going to work on some things here? Or, or did they say, hey, kid, don't worry about it. We got guys to do stuff like that for you. Um, a couple of guys, Gordy Roberts and some of the other guys, essentially said what I just said. Hey, it's great. You want to fight a little bit? Just learn how to protect yourself, too. You don't have to be Dave Semenko right. <laughs> when you start off. There's some really, really, really tough, under-the-radar guys in this league that know how to fight, and you got to figure out who they were. Fortunately for me, Danny Dao wasn't one of them, but he did whack me pretty good, and it surprised me. I actually was on the bench and jumped off the took my helmet off on the bench because I had a shield on because I had an eye injury. Took it off, jumped on the ice, fought him, got punched in the face right away, and then I was like, eh, that didn't go so great. Just is what it is. You know who could fight for middleweight was Todd Gill. Oh, yeah. He could. There's tons of guys. Stevie Thomas, Terry Rakowski. Yeah. Like, these guys were crazy tough. They weren't the biggest guys, but they knew how to fight. All right. Uh, final one for you. Uh, as an advisor, so we have a situation with Noel Felt from the Alberta Golden Bears, Brian. Uh, six foot three, right wing center, and he's got four or five teams after him. He's not done his degree yet. 
and I, I know I've had a couple. Well, why would he just sign an AHL deal to get an NHL deal? Uh-uh. He's got to hold out for That's what his brother did. How, you know, it's different with NCAA kids because in theory they're supposed to have family advisors, right? They're not technically yep. allowed to. Whereas in youth sports, they because the guys come through junior initially, like Elaine Waugh is uh, the Philip Brothers uh, representative. How, uh, how tricky of a situation is that in terms of placing the guy in the right organization in that scenario? It's very tricky because not unlike college, when you join a college team, things change rapidly. They change in pro organizations. All you can do is analyze the facts that are in front of you. Some people choose to pick the worst team. Let's go try with Arizona. They're not having a great year. Surely that must be easier than in Edmonton. Not always the case. You really have to dive into the right fit, what position you are, who's at it, who's coming. Uh, there's a lot more due diligence that goes into that to doing it well than you think. You're still at the mercy of random luck, though. Guys get hurt. Guys, teams make trades. New players come in. Prospects pop. But you try to do as deep a dive as you can. Um, I, I would like to see Canada maybe update their collegiate rules a little bit. Hmm. The United States, the United States obviously went through a big change here in terms of athletes. You know, being able to generate millions of dollars for themselves. I never thought I'd see that day. I'd like to see Canada do the same thing or at least just, just give everything a refresher. It's never a bad idea. Times have changed. There's women down here, you know, doing national commercials, making uh, gobs of money, which they've always deserved, but never had a right to pick up. I think it's great to see. All right, uh, an old friend of mine who actually, it's his fault that I ended up doing a lot of radio, Marty Forbes, he ran 1260 and hired me way back in 2002, November of 2002, 20 years ago, has uh, said Bob Stakeout featured Richard Dreyfus, Emilio Estevez, uh, Aiden yes, Quinn. that was his partner. Aiden <laughs> Quinn, and who can forget Madeline Stowe. Madeline Stowe, she, was, she, she had it going on for a while. Gorgeous. Yes, she yeah. She was gorgeous. Brian, safe safe travels. Best of luck with your father. We won't call you next week in Turkey, okay? Thank you very much. I will actually possibly be on a flight at that time, so I apologize. I will not be available. Next week, uh, we'll do another travel segment. All right. Super stuff. Thanks a lot, Brian. Take care. Thank you, Bob. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's 12.56 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers now. Back not in today against an injury-riddled L.A. squad. My guess is he will play against St. Louis, a bigger, heavier team on Friday. This text comes, and we got at least 60. I, I had no idea that Stakeout was that popular of a movie, but it is. So lots of texts on that. Bob, did you notice how well-behaved Lucic and Gabranson were against the Avs and McDermott last night? Uh, the Colorado Power Play can do that to you. And Curtis McDermott is another guy that does uh, martial arts training. And he is one tough hombre. All right. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. David Staples called to hockey. John Shannon, Ernie Gell Insider, when we return. Second hour of Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.